0: it going out there it's the boys from the midwest back kicking it here in the rumpus room and let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day
1: circling back from our conversation last time i have been doing and measuring my heart rate variability and what it's given me is just a greater sense of awareness in my body and how that reaction is so some of the things that i've learned from it <clears throat> are uh, what good sleep does to me, what impact food really does have on my heart rate variability, what uh, my weekend activities, how they impact. I've been taking a lot of saunas, working out, all of those things, you can start to build a greater awareness around what um, what's happening in my life. And I think there's this thing that I've been thinking about which is a quote from the book Awareness by Anthony DeMello, which is just an outstanding book, which I think everybody should read. And that is what you are aware of, you can control, but what you aren't aware of controls you. So I've been trying to build as much awareness as possible, and whether that's feedback from other people, you know, feedback from. Uh, This heart rate variability monitor, biofeedback. What are ways that I can gain some type of objective data on how I'm doing right now? Um, Trusting feelings is difficult because they're fleeting and they record. So this is just something that I've been trying to do to build awareness. Because what I've noticed is once you kind of start to get into these other levels of um, work, you are seeing people that are make controlling decisions that people make all the time. And a lot of times people are not aware of, you know, how does your physician influence what decision you make after the service? How does a comment that you just kind of weren't aware of impact you few days later that's really ticking you off that you don't take any action on? So some of these things that we all just kind of – that. We're, for me specifically, that I don't pay attention to, um, really come back and start to control how I think. So that's been a big key for me is how do I gain awareness into different areas of
0: my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of being aware of different areas of your life, you've made a significant change in one area of your life, which I'll let you yeah. expound on.
1: I got engaged this past weekend. So the Rumpus Room is now fully stocked with partners.
0: Apparently, um, yeah, we are both to be engaged to obviously other people. But um, that'll be odd to say that the hosts of the Rumpus Room podcast one day could be married men. Mm -hmm. That doesn't does not quite compute at this point, but it doesn't have to. No, we have about a a year. Yeah, plenty of time. (laughs) to enjoy ourselves or whatever. No. Um I don't know. Uh I've become much less um I guess perhaps immature in my 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 view of marriage or whatever. Um <laughs> Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: whatever story we told whatever ourselves. Whatever story
0: you tell yourself, yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden you're getting another story told to you every second of every day in your left and right ear. Yep. Makes you change, does. Um <clears throat> Uh, one what of the be. things that really impacted me
1: on, and I was talking about this with a couple guys yesterday, is when you get engaged to somebody, the decision isn't really, it's not made, you know, last week when it happened. That no, decision of course was not. made of planning. months ago. Sure. And what we were talking about is there's a certain kind of like downhill effect to a relationship where... You are committed, and I think sometimes men are less aware of this. You know, whether it's being together for months and setting the expectation with the family or whatever it is, um, I think we were kind of just laughing about, you know, how aware are men really of these things? Where it's like, oh, you're engaged. It's like, well, yeah, this decision was made, you know, a couple months ago, and there's a lot of planning and work that has to go into it. Um, I did I mean, the. I, I'm sure there are. are
0: some guys who just go down to the ring buying store, the ring, pick one store. up, <laughs> and uh, next thing you know, I got they're my, down on one knee. I don't know. I that, that wasn't that's my, not how I roll. No, mine yeah. was definitely a slow, mm-hmm. slow build, indeed.
1: Yeah, and I did the same. I know we talked about this for your experience, but I went and asked permission. I thought it's a respectful thing to talk to the father. And I think that's something that I would recommend doing. It is very nerve wracking.
0: um, That's true.
1: But I think it was a good thing. And I think, you know, experiencing that uh, with is, is something that I would recommend doing. And we I talked about that with my significant other, not like, oh, should I, you know, like directly before it. But I think we talked about this before um, whether, you know, it should be done or not. And that was kind of resounding. Yes.
0: Sure. Well, um, there is, uh, there's a person who's coming to my mind in terms of this slow build. I, you know, when I was at the precipice of deciding to go down the downslope, I was looking and I was trying to see if there were any boulders that would get in the way. And, um, I asked a gentleman who I worked with, I said, Hey, you know, how did you, make the decision to get married and make the decision to have kids. And he's a guy who I really have a ton of respect for. So I really wanted to know like his thought process. Mm. It's very thoughtful and intentional. And he said, well, you know, everybody, all my friends were getting married. So I got married. And then I was like, well, what about kids? And he was like, yeah, I mean, all my friends are having kids. So I decided we should have kids too. And this totally blew me back because I never would have guessed it by this, by, by by meeting this guy. Yeah and he was still with his wife at the time and i found out a little while later that they they separated mm-hmm. and i was just like huh um that answer makes a lot more sense because at the time i didn't think much i mean, i you know they're still together i was like oh, okay not a big deal whatever mm-hmm. obviously not succumbing to peer pressure is probably not a really good idea to do anything decision yeah i mean that's why dare is 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 uh, is, is around yeah. you know the, <laughs> it's,
1: it's, that's their critical point yeah that they, they really push the With uh black t-shirts yeah
0: the independence uh from anyway so i don't know it was just That was one anecdote that caught my ear a little off guard because I had asked a lot of people, you know, how did you decide to do these sorts of things? And that was that was one that sort of stuck out like a sore thumb. And now it has become obvious as to why. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think I've heard that narrative from people before um, with, you know, a lower level of commitment where some people that have made higher commitments and said, I think this is the right thing. I'm ready for it. I'm happy to be doing this. To me, I've heard better stories about that. There was some study I read about relationships, and people are happier together when it's the right one. Like, so you're happy, happier as a couple. Married men are happier than single men, as a couple, as a as a general trend. But men that are in poorer relationships are less happy. are less happy than single men.
0: I heard a similar statistic, but it was uh, parents are. Less happy than their than their non-parenting counterparts during the parenting phase, but Mm. then upon completion of the parenting phase, they have higher quality of life because you know they sort of live vicariously through their children or whatever. They have a support system. I don't know what it is, but I thought that was interesting to call out how parenting does suck and there's definable data (laughs) on it. (laughs) Yeah. But um, you were talking about this sliding idea, and how you sort of were, you know, going in the general direction. I mean, call it—I don't even know. I wish there was a sliding's a really sliding is a bad term. metaphor. Yeah, that's not. Um, it's because I was thinking like digging, but you're not—you're not digging a hole. That's not—that's not, that's not mm-hmm. equally as. Uh, I mean, that's equally it's as like walking unflattering. Down a path. So yeah. Or it's a heavily wooded path or it's like a river sort yeah. of, you know, a river carves its way through, uh, through a rock mm. over time. And it's not like all of a sudden there's a waterfall or all of a sudden there's a deep river basin. It's this sort of repeated action, um, which, uh, there's an interesting Japanese philosophy and I'm going to mispronounce it, but it's called watercourse way, wu wu way or wushu way. And, um, that's essentially what it means is like, be like water, like all of the time in every situation, yeah, path of least resistance.
1: Tai. I've been reading, um, the Tao Te Ching. Yeah. That's and a that's great book. The way, you know, that's yeah. kind of the same thing. There's just some amazing quotes in there and I think we'll get into it later podcast because it's just so dense and so awesome.
0: Yeah. But uh, I wanted to touch on this idea of, cause there was some research that said, Speaking of this sliding mm-hmm. idea, research that said that young adults that live together prior to being married tend to have a higher instance of being divorced hmm. because they develop similar friend groups. When they're still in the experimentation phase, Got they it. get pot committed. Now we've bought furniture, we have a dog, all this stuff. Yeah. And... Um, I was extremely aware of that, and I was one of those people who was like, oh, that's not going to be me. I'm I not going to move in. And too. what do you know? Boom. That's why That's why I'm just going to say it now. I might drive a, mini, a minivan. I'm just going to say well, it. I'm going to drive a minivan I'm, and make it look cool. It will and then because I know that if I come out and say I'm never driving a minivan, I mean, gonna happen. I'm, I'm going to be walking around the Dodge You're Caravan have, minivan yeah. lot pretty least, soon here.
1: At least go with one that's got double doors so you can drive with the double doors open.
0: Yeah, I I wonder if they can put suicide doors on them so they come up so you'd look like a cat Mini like van. like a bumblebee. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, you, do you have yeah. a black and yellow one? I would like uh, suicide doors, please, <laughs> yeah. on the Honda Accord or the Honda Pilot, uh, the Honda Sienna, <laughs> or whatever.
1: Who knows what the, the van is? Uh, Pretty soon we'll know all those names and and uh, yeah, I just think as we kind of experienced. You, like you and I are kind of in similar life situations right now and mm-hmm. walking through it. I think taking a step back and looking at relationships, I mean, there's a lot left for us to learn, but it's uh, interesting to kind of look at that like pre-engagement mindset I think yeah. that people have.
0: Well, and I feel a lot better about the decision because I've – come to the realization in my life that I think it's going to be an additive thing and I used to have Mm -hmm. this mindset that I was like oh that's going to suck from from takeaway yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and I, I don't view that anymore which so I mean people are on either side of the spectrum for all of existence and it doesn't matter and you know we can get into the history of marriage which is the purchasing of a woman from the males from the family I mean that stuff is pretty messed up when you get into the thick of it. For so, sure. Like when you break down. When you why break it we, down, why do you like, actually get married? It's yeah, an exchange the, of property and the why woman the, is property. I mean, and
1: why does the man or the father walk the woman down the, the aisle? That's what he's giving away his yeah.
0: property. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like the
1: ask permission thing, all that stuff. Yeah, Is, may I
0: purchase your daughter? Yeah, how much? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like uh,
1: that. That stuff. Those are why all those customs are in place, and I think people aren't thinking well, it's, sometimes about that. It's
0: really odd, though. Then that that's not a bigger part of the discussion about marriage. Well, the, I, and I think that the the government getting involved has really. Messed things up, the church getting involved. I mean, just yeah, because like then all of a sudden there's benefits for married couples versus single people, and then that obviously you're like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't you allow, you know, gay people or people of wherever background or whatever to get married? I mean, they should obviously be exposed to the same sorts of societal tax benefits or the societal Mm -hmm. structural benefits. I mean that's my whole thing about like racism and sexism sexism is outside of i mean the cultural ideas whatever like oh yeah we could you have, we could we argue all in all about what the is days. the most ideal person and the facebook keyboard warriors would be ramping up on their five-hour energy and their social justice sharpening mm-hmm. that social that the sword of social justice boom baby and and but all I'm about is removing all of the like obvious structural barriers that exist that propagate these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And then the the hatred, the whatever the all that other stuff will work itself out of the system as long as we like strip, the system of the structural barriers. Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I mean, we're not going down that rabbit hole today. No, we'll I get just to that it's one. A, we'll just oh, listen to our,
1: users as when they, our listeners when they want uh, us to go down that one.
0: Yeah, so let's roll to the next agenda item, which is loneliness company Oh, yeah, so this is, is yeah.
1: another quote from that book, Awareness, which has given me a lot of thought. I think we're... I had the idea before that loneliness was solved with company, of, like the people around you. So, by, by surrounding yourself with people, you would cure loneliness. Mm-hmm. So, what this is arguing for is loneliness is actually cured by reality. Sure. Not by company. So, people yep. telling you a story that is true or isn't true, the only way is if people around you are, are true friends and are telling you, you know, this is how reality is. And I think we all want to know. Well, maybe we all don't, but I think. I have come to realize the more I know about how I really am than just how I want to be perceived, you know, my ideal, who I think I am at my best, Um, I've been able to move forward better. And that I think that reality has been something that I've been searching for. Uh, And I think culturally, I don't think we understand that quite yet. I think maybe people our age are still figuring that one out.
0: Yes, in terms of, you know, like... You should try and find things to occupy yourself with, or fi- the consumptive component of yes. like mm-hmm. soul searching, which is you find validation from others, yeah. really. When mm-hmm. you're saying that's that actually takes you further away from finding your own internal validation for sure, yeah,
1: for sure. And that's there are multiple ways you can get at it, but that's I thought something that when I was kind of going through some of these other other things at work and all this other stuff people are you know, just work to work all this stuff that we always bug out on i i think you you're making the decision to go farther away from getting close to reality and really to yourself
0: yeah and that i was listening to uh seth godin on tim ferris's podcast and it was a great episode uh one of the things he said is that Social media is designed, he um, said a ton of things. One of them of which was, first of all, as a social media consumer, you've turned yourself into the product that is For being sure. sold. You are being sold, which I think just everybody should at least have aware, an awareness of. 100%. Second is that social media has this... Um, this distracting quality which takes away the pain of being lonely for sure and what it does is it takes you out of that reality Mm -hmm. and his point was that people who sit in that uncomfortable reality are the ones who notice things and make changes because they're not the ones who are shying away and moving into these spaces of you know comfortable distraction quote yeah i i loved that idea because um i think it i think it articulates how innovation occurs yep. in a in a in a very tangible sense which is like it occurs in the discomfort mm-hmm. i mean and i i've always been a big believer of you know it, there's a lot of reasons to why people have these success stories in terms of coming from nothing, and you know now you have something. Yep. And I, I think that um, that keen awareness, that that acute awareness of discomfort, is can really be the source of a lot of greatness.
1: It is, and I think that's something. The farther I we I am getting into my work, and we're we're being more and more successful. It's answering the problems that people have not answered before or leaning into these areas that are not necessarily people aren't, aren't aware of and they're not really dealing with. And I think that in my life I've noticed when I fall into discomfort or do things that I'm afraid of, uh, it gives me a higher return. There's a higher return on my time investment. If I do something that I'm afraid of, like starting a company is something that, is scary. I mean, you did it straight out of college and you know, making those tough decisions of like this isn't working anymore. All of the signs are telling me this isn't working. I'm going to try something else. Mm-hmm. That was me leaving a nice consulting job where I felt comfortable. I could have done it for, you know, another 10 years and I'd be fine. That type of thing, but that's just not how I think you make real transformational progress. You know, personally, that's why I've been trying to push the envelope with some of these HRV things and some of the other stuff to just understand more, but then also challenge myself, you know, lean into the discomfort, you know, look at critical habits that I'm doing. Um, All that stuff has really started to, I think, help me, you know, I think lean in is the term people use, but really look into what's causing me some pain and why is it? Go for it. Mm hmm.
0: Makes me think of a uh, interesting change management project that I'm on right now, where we've got uh, a group of people who are, say they're performing a task <clears throat> at a rate of one X. And in order for the entire organization to break even, they need to double their productivity. Whoa. Yeah. Big deal. Um, And there's a variety of different factors that are impacting this, but uh, these are highly skilled workers and we need to double the amount that they get done in a day. And um, it's been so fascinating to watch their leader move through this process. And one thing that I've seen is um, a lot of needing reassurance. Uh, She's been needing the answer is kind of given to her, and I, I think that's because of fear. I think, it, I think, I think there's two reasons. I think internally, she that's her nature, and I think two is she's been brought into an organizational position where she has been, shall we say, I don't think sideswiped is the right, but she's been like cut down from behind, unbeknownst to her until mm-hmm. later on. So, obviously, that would give you more of an inclination where you would want to be, like, consensus building all of the effing time. Yeah.
1: There's not a lot of trust, maybe. Not
0: a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. So, I understand her needing reassurance in that sense. But it's a super fascinating project because I'm working with another woman who's just extremely talented. And she just has business acumen and she's just sharp and she's no bullshit and she is straight to the point all the time and mm-hmm. i've have learned a ton of a ton from her from being in like three meetings with her that's cool it is and um she uh finally aired some of this stuff and she was like, you know are you picking up on this too and i said i mean it's just straight up I said, yeah you know I mean there's a lot of assuring going self reassurance that's needed and and we spend an um, almost an entire meeting talking about like reassurance building Mm -hmm. i mean it's and i am trying to give this individual the benefit of the doubt and be like you know i still think she can do it and all this stuff but um uh the the consultant who what i have to give her credit for is pointing this out which we're all aware of Mm-hmm. Pointing it out before anyone else, talking about it, and then putting things in motion such that she's already planning for, like, well, the reality is we're not going to have the discussion about if this person isn't the right person for the job in October because that'll already be too late for the business unit and we're going to have mm-hmm. to jettison half of it. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, so I'm going to have this conversation now. And me. yeah, and I, I was, I mean, it was just, I was really impressed, and it, it, uh, it also does not come from a place of, you know, vindictiveness or small-mindedness or any sort of personal. It's not an emotion. No, position. not at all. It's yeah. extremely rational and almost, ob- I mean, as objective as one can get when looking at something. I mean, it's mm. so. I've, I really enjoyed being on this project and and watching um, this behavior change thing, because I think change management in an organization is, is just such a huge skill. Cause it's critical. You, well, because you and I are in industries that are all about change management. We're trying to disrupt the status quo. And I mean, yeah, you could go and be a public accountant and do tax accounting, and you're probably not going to have a whole lot of change management unless you know people are cooking the books, and you have to tell them how to not to. But the, there's more of like a defined pattern there, and yeah. and you and I are both in a path where there's more disruption inherently in what we do.
1: And I so my view on that skill set is it's one of the most important skill sets people can build in this new economy, in this economy of big companies, technology, da 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 cuz there's going like the the industry of change is the like the only yeah. one that'll stay around and I think sales is you know people cu- bring sales into it but I think change is something people need to learn. How do you get an idea into somebody's head and make them do it? I mean, that's just the basis of work o- o- almost the entire time. So I've spent a lot of my you know, last five years, and especially with this company, researching how what's the appropriate change management process? And there's no, there's no key solution. There's no, there's no like, all right, this is the one thing you do. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that have a lot of methodologies that can run around and show powerpoints and do consulting deals, but really, I, I, there's just. It's not an exact science, and I think there are definitely tried and true methods out there, but I would encourage anybody to go out and research change management because it's just such a skill set that I found valuable. I think it sounds like you found it valuable. You, I, When you see somebody else that does a great job of it, you always gain a ton of respect for them.
0: Well, and big time. And uh, one of the other things that i learned throughout this engagement is uh how a lot of times in meetings it's better to say less oh yeah you're yeah you're right on and and it's because i've i've witnessed this individual like sort of repeatedly seek assurance in such a way that is almost um It's worries it's troublesome
1: yeah i mean so you're making judgments now based on kind of the communication that's happening that let's just say if somebody had a problem they didn't air their dirty laundry Mm -hmm. they could maybe figure it out or they wouldn't i mean the political repercussions of saying this in
0: front of people is causing them a lot more harm than good it is Mm -hmm. and i feel a little bit sad about it because i do think she's in fact talented enough to rise above this but yeah another funny thing is about how hard it is to get to one be aware of your tendencies (laughs) yeah uh, and two then to change them and Mm -hmm. another example she gave is that you know she says she's a pushover when it comes to her children and like staying up late or eating ice cream in bed or whatever and she sort of made a joke that she was like oh you know they're only going to be little and small for this long so I can continue to swaddle them Classic. I could see steam coming out of this other woman's ears who was more on the sort of like you're going to do what I do regimented yeah regimented you're going to do what I say when I say it and not have an issue with it. And 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 then all of a sudden, her leadership style is relatively similar to this sort of, um, you know, this approach to parenting, which I thought was was kind of fascinating.
1: Yeah. No, and I think people, some people do a good job of separating, you know, separating their different lives. And they have like a work mode and a home sure. mode. I don't. No. And I think we... I'm trying to build more of that fluidity too, because what I've realized is people, they want you to reflect a certain version of themselves. And so yeah, you need to be... So, and this is an interesting conversation I had with my family this weekend is we are pretty say things how they are. This is how you should be. But a lot of times there's ego in saying what you think and that it is right. And instead, and sometimes people, all they want to hear is what they want to hear what they want you to repeat back what they're thinking what we were discussing is you know we can all see the issues and we want to say like you're wrong this is what i believe but that gets us into a lot of trouble because what we realize is then that's putting ourselves into the situation and instead of just saying you know kind of playing to some other people and i think 48 laws of power laws of human nature books by Robert Greene all bring this point out that if you really want to get your ultimate goal, which let's just say it's uh, communicating with your spouse, you communicating your point and kind of setting your, boom, here's where I am in the world. This is what I think. If you don't think this, then you're wrong. That backfires a lot of the times. And so communicating in their language, which sometimes I have found that I think like oh my gosh, you know I need them to know exactly what I'm feeling. You know sometimes you you have to dance through that a little differently. And I think we were talking about taking. I know this is a long deal. Taking the viewpoint of what the other person wants and needs, and how do you kind of use that or not use it, but you know leverage that in the conversation to move it forward. And that's been such a complex thing. That we we were all talking about this um, and how we struggle with this, because it's our nature to say like boom here I am this is what I think and you know we I take a lot of pride in this is who I am this is who you're gonna get, and this is what you're gonna get with me so you know what what I where I stand I mean that's a and it's a good I I felt like for a lot of my life this is a good place to be I'm just trying to figure out what the appropriate balance is to Here's where where I believe, but also how do I step into your world a little bit and communicate? Because what I've realized in all of my sales experience is I can say, like you just said, I can say a lot of things in a meeting, but what's most effective is how you make these people feel afterwards. You know, sure. if they have a problem, do you answer their question and And the way to get that is to let them communicate to you. So, I've, it's just been kind of a constant struggle for me on how do I continue to come forward and and gain this perspective and some things work, some things don't. It's just a lot of trial and error for me, that's for sure. It always
0: is. Mm-hmm. It always is. Well, that's all we got for you today, folks. Tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room.